Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Bible scholars here again tonight. Anybody? We're going to interpret Scripture. And, uh, and then after we do that for a little bit, and, and I, there's some really good things in these scriptures coming up in the Proverbs 15. And um, can I get my helper here tonight again? He's very little paid, but God gives the um, the retirement is very good. <laughs> we appreciate his help. Amen. So we're going to interpret some scripture, and uh, I'd like for you to look in the book of Proverbs 15, verse 6. Proverbs 15 and 6, and I need your help here tonight, so I don't want to be the only interpreter. We need your uh, understanding of these scriptures. And I know we've heard some really good thoughts here last Wednesday as we uh, looked into the scripture. And uh, I'm sure we'll hear some good things tonight. Amen. Proverbs 15, if you can turn there in your Bibles, verse 6. If you're there, say amen. Okay, Proverbs 15, verse 6. Are you ready? There you go. You got it. He's all ready to go. Uh, the Bible says, in the house of the righteous is much treasure, but in the revenues of the wicked is trouble. Who wants to take the first thought? Okay, Sister Lyon. Yes. 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 Sister Lonnie, go ahead and take the mic so that those online can hear this. Verse 4, um, this is the amplified version. A gentle tongue with its healing power is a tree of life. God um, opened doors between my son and I where gentle healing words came between us. Good. Yeah, they were needed for a long, long time, and I want to thank God for that. But all the scriptures yes. were last week. Um, yes. The house of the righteous contains... Before you go any further, I... I I know I, I had mentioned that when we look at these scriptures that you're going to have something come up this week uh -huh. that's going to deal with these scriptures. And it's so true. It happens all the time. When you, that's, this is the importance of reading the Word of God for yourself and studying the Word of God for yourself. Because when you read a scripture, there's something going to come up in your life in that week on your journey of life that's mm -hmm. going to bring that scripture back to you and help you through that. Amen. Thank you for sharing that, Sister. Yes, Bonnie. and it okay. happened at work, too, multiple times. Yes. <laughs> so, anyways, um, this one, the house of the righteous contains great treasure, but the revenues of the wicked are trouble. Uh -huh. um, money's not the only thing that builds a house. Actually, it right. just pays the bills. Right. It's the peace 
The treasures in a righteous home Absolutely. are the peace in that home and the harmony and the love and the joy and mm. the wanting to be together and the relationships that are so rich and the health that comes from those relationships and mm. the the treasures in a righteous home can't they can't be bought mm. and the revenues only pay I'm you know they pay the bills they buy the stuff we want to but what I'm you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. yes yeah anyways very very good matter of fact that's part of what I had in my notes here tonight and as we think about this um, what do you classify as treasure is it monetary or is it spiritual or is it other things you know the love of family that you know the things that are treasure not only always is money it could be other things and thank the God for the for the treasures he gives us anybody else want to give a thought on the scripture in the house of the righteous is much treasure but in the revenues of the wicked is trouble Can. the back part um, the second part the income of the wicked brings ruin um, uh, when you're only focused on the money then the, the people in that house get set aside for the money it, the money becomes the primary focus and what you can get becomes the primary focus without regard to the people that are, that are a part of that home mm -hmm. And so the, the family falls apart and it becomes ruined because nobody's there taking care of the family. They're just taking care of what do we have, mm. what, what looks good. Right, absolutely. Very good, very good. Anybody else? Timothy? In the house of the righteous is much treasure, but in the revenues of the wicked is trouble. Well, first of all, I want to say um, I'm thankful Austin and Janae aren't here so some other people can answer some questions. <laughs> Hopefully they're watching online. <laughs> if um, not, we'll let them know. <laughs> um, but I, I think, you know, I, again, we talked about the um, context of some of these scriptures. Uh, throughout this chapter, they're talking about the tongue, the words that we say, um, Right before that, in verse 5, it's talking about reproof and how we respond to that, um, the Father's instructions and all of that. Um, and I just, immediately when I when you read that scripture, the thing that came to mind was sowing and reaping and the law of sowing and reaping, that um, the things that you sow, and that could be the words that you speak as well, uh, that you're going to reap that, um, sowing trouble, sowing uh, discord, sowing all of those things it's going, you're going to reap uh, you, you know your, your income so to speak or your revenue is going to be that of trouble um, and so uh, you know I, I think when when it says that the, the house of the righteous is uh, much treasure I think of you know even in our home growing up that uh, you know we, we weren't constantly uh, at each other's throats and set, calling each other names. I mean, we, me and Titus did our fair share of that, but uh, but for the most part, it was a you know it was a loving family, love loving home environment where we were speaking life into each other's lives, and and I think that through that um, it came out in our relationships. And to this day, you know, we're 
you know, a strong family because of speaking those things. And, and um, so, again, in the house of, of the righteous is much treasure. Um, I, I think the, uh, the things that we speak, the things that we sow in, into our relationships, into our home, is what we're going to reap. Mm, very good. Very good. I will say that, that um, if you could say anything about our home with one word, I would say peace. Peace. Until I want to go hunting, then it's not, no, I'm just kidding. No, then there's still peace. There's still peace. Um, but I have a lot of people say that, you know, we, we enjoy coming to your home because we just feel peace there. And that's a beautiful thing that um, people would look at it that way. And I'm thankful for peace. Amen. Anybody else want to comment on verse 6? In the house of the righteous is much treasure, but in the revenues of the wicked is trouble. Anybody? Nobody? Okay, I'm going to read. I'm going to read the uh, some of the key words here in this verse, and the things that have been said. It ties in with this. Um, the comments that we've already heard. Uh, in the house of the righteous, righteous is those that are just and lawful. Uh, I believe that Christians need to abide by laws, but yet the Word of God is the final authority for our lives. Um, I mean, the government can come up with a law that is against the Word of God or whatever, but I believe as a Christian, my obligation of living for God is to uphold the laws of God because I believe that the laws of God are supreme, supreme above all things. But a righteous person, not only the laws of the land, but obeys the laws of God, the word of God. So a just person, a lawful person. So in the house of the righteous or the just or the lawful is much treasure, not just treasure but much treasure and in that word in the in the hebrew is abounding and abundance so in the house of the righteous those that are just and lawful in the laws of the land and laws of god is abounding and abundance treasure and treasure here in the interpretation of the hebrew Treasure is strength, riches, and wealth. And riches and wealth doesn't, as we heard the comment here, doesn't have to be just monetary value. It could be spiritual. It could be um, riches in God and wealth in God and in relationship with the family, having a bond of love, uh, strength together so in the house of the righteous is abounding in abundance strength and riches and wealth blessings that come in in life favor of God and in the kingdom of God I, I want to stop here just a moment I 
um, uh, certain circumstances on my job uh, allowed me to step into a dual role. Um, I still am a service technician, but yet uh, I've stepped into the role of sales. Uh, I've always been part of sales, but I've been more so here now. And where the blessings come in, uh, it's not that I make any more uh, income off of this, but the fact of blessing the business. Um, my wife and myself, we have been praying for our company because the company was struggling for a while. One thing, COVID, another thing, other issues. But yet, uh, when some things changed, I was able to step into a role, and me and my wife have been praying for a while for our, for our company to be able to be blessed and for the boss to be blessed so he doesn't stay up sleepless nights <laughs> many times. And in the last two or three weeks, through the prayers, and my wife even prayed specific that, he, she would, that the Lord would allow me to be able to sell, we have sold so much stuff so many pieces of equipment. We haven't done this in a long time as far as we have put a piece of equipment in every day. Every day the last week. Matter of fact, in the last couple of weeks, me and another guy, we, we have sold uh, enough equipment that has been more than several months in the past. But it is the hand of God that is blessing it, and I believe that that through that, it's sending a message to people that prayer works, and it does work. And the, the company is being blessed greatly, and uh, we're coming out of some things, and thank the Lord for that. It is a good company, very good company, and um, but COVID has hurt a lot of companies. But we're seeing God just kind of raise it up. So when I say that, I talk about the righteous, much abounding in abundance, treasure, strength, riches, wealth. But the question is, what do you classify as treasure? A lot of times people go right straight to money, monetary. But it's in God, it's more than that. Just, the, just having peace is a treasure. Thank the Lord for the peace in our homes, in our church, in our lives. And then it goes on and says, but in the revenues, revenues means increase, yield, income, and gain. Anything that is gain uh, to the wicked, of the wicked, it says here is trouble. The righteous are blessed with much treasure. But the wicked's revenues the increase, the yield, the income, the gain is trouble. Trouble is to trouble, to stir up, and to disturb. Doesn't sound like peace there. Doesn't sound like peace in the wicked. So a lot of people were trying to figure out why, why isn't life so much easier, more peaceful? Well, you got to look at the relationship with God. There comes a blessing along with that. And that doesn't mean that, that we are millionaires by any means, but there is so much more to life than just the monetary. Thank God for his blessing, the monetary, but, 
but there's so much more to life in blessings of peace and happiness and joy and people that love one another a bond in a family a bond in a church body a bond in our relationship with God so in the house of the righteous is much treasure but in the revenues of the wicked is trouble uh, verse 7 let's go to that verse the lips of the wise disperse knowledge the lips of the wise disperse knowledge but the heart of the foolish doeth not so anybody want to give your thoughts on that scripture the lips of the wise disperse knowledge but the heart of the foolish doeth not so anybody Bible scholars I was I was going to give you a short testimony real quick about the last scripture just on the way to church um, talking with Bao uh, he was telling me about his friend <clears throat> I think in Vietnam that has COVID and so he he's a Christian uh, but he's very upset that he has COVID and then a man that's a very wicked man just won a lottery so he won all this money and so Bao's friend was saying I just don't understand this isn't fair how can God allow this to happen and so Bao being a new Christian he said uh, well you just need to have faith in God because the end result that God has is so much better than what that man has so I thought that was really awesome for him to be so new and to witness to that young man um, the lips of the wise disperse knowledge um, but the fool doesn't you know they don't do the same thing so I think it's because the wise think about what they're going to say before they say it um, I mean sometimes we just say something because there's dead space there and you feel like something has to be said um, but I appreciate people that take their time before they say something and they think about it um, and and then they speak because it's usually they do have something to say <laughs> instead of just you know talking about nothing um, and it says the fool does not do that so in other words the fool doesn't think about what they're going to say they just blurt it out there for what whatever reason so that's just my thought on that Amen. one thing will help us in interpretation of the scripture is knowing what the word knowledge means and the word knowledge here it means discernment understanding wisdom and perception discernment understanding wisdom and perception so what the lips of the wise are dispersing is the knowledge of discernment understanding wisdom and perception and I, I believe it's because they have a relationship with God and understanding of the word of God uh, anybody else want to give some thoughts on this scripture 
the lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the foolish doeth not so. Anybody? The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the foolish doeth not so. Anybody? Mm-hmm. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge. We all have somebody we look to that we think is knowledgeable, that we look to for answers when we don't know. Pastor, for example, if we don't know something in the Bible that we can't figure out, he's the person I'm going to run to to figure it out. Because you're wise, you've got knowledge. You've been doing this for years. So he has knowledge too. I'm not going to run to somebody that is a sinner, or we're all sinners, but somebody that does not know anything that I'm going to go to because then I'm just speaking to the fool. I'm not going to go to somebody on something that I know they know nothing about. That's all I got on it. That's good. Very good. I think sometimes a lot of people do go to uh, get Bible uh, understanding from people that don't even know God. (laughs) And a lot of people like to preach even though they don't know God <laughs> but yet sometimes people get knowledge now I will say this as um, Raymond was saying that of coming to a pastor and I will be open with you if I don't know the answer I will find the answer and I will be open and honest with you uh, I'm not just going to throw something out there because I want to I know if I don't know it I want to know the word of God also and understand it for myself too so it's important for us to be open in the knowledge of the word of God and, and if we don't know the answer, we will find the answer. Um, now, the word lips here is language. People that speak language out. Edge, it says, shore and bank. Uh, the lips of the wise disperse knowledge or they just uh, the language of those that are wise. It also says edge, shore, and bank. And I look at shore. If you're on the water, it's unstable. If you're on the shore, it's stable. If you're on the bank, it's stable. Um, but when we speak language out of our mouths, it needs to be stable. And if it's through the power of God's word, it's going to be stable. So speaking a stable language through the lips. Sometimes we look at these scriptures and the interpretation of verses in the Hebrew or in the Greek of the New Testament, and it gives us a different understanding of what that verse is actually meaning. It also says uh, that there is an abundance in, in scripture, there is an abundance of the heart. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. I want to read that scripture to you and I really feel like it ties in here with this verse Luke 6:45 a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good 
And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. And then what we've heard quoted so many times, for, the, for of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. So out of the good man, their heart is good and right, they're going to speak good things. Out of the mouth of a, someone that is evil, if their heart is evil, they're going to speak evil things. So we, we do have to gauge our, our heart by sometimes the things we say. Sometimes we need to be cautious of the things we say, but it is a good gauge of what our heart is. And then the word disperse, the lips of the wise disperse knowledge or to scatter, to fan, to cast away, to winnow, to compass, to spread, to be scattered, and of course then the verb of it be dispersed, just to scatter, kind of like you would scatter grass seed, you're spreading it out. So the lips of the wise scatter out everywhere uh, knowledge. And then of course we talked about knowledge, discernment, understanding, wisdom, and perception spreading it not just holding it to themselves but spreading it out to others and it's not for the purpose of saying I'm something great I got a revelation no it's because you're wanting to help somebody you're wanting to spread the word out to help other people and to let them know of, of a discernment or understanding wisdom perception uh, maybe of a scripture it's always good to talk about scriptures and just share scriptures every now and I walk through the church and I hear people talking about a scripture of something that happened to them that week and they're talking about a scripture that helped them or you know they're just conversing in various scriptures that's good it's good verse 8 the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord but the prayer of the upright is his delight anybody want to Interpret that scripture. Anybody? That's blue. Yeah, I, we were just uh, speaking, me and uh, Nick here, about uh, in our Bible study about Cain and Abel's sacrifice, and um, I think the main difference between the sacrifice of the wicked and the sacrifice of the just is one's going to please God and one is not one that God's asking for mm -hmm. and then one that you know um, we just do what we want and call it a sacrifice and hope he accepts it type deal um, yep. is what I think of in that also in respect of I've seen in sinful environments I've seen innocence go up as in like an offering you know in a sinful environment of youth sort of you losing their innocence in a way and in a way the enemy was magnified that in that was like an offering to the enemy mm -hmm. and i believe that definitely is an abomination to the lord also yeah so i've seen that played into that um abomination yeah that's a strong word 
Um, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. Um, I don't know, the prayer of the upright, you know. Um, what's it say? The the prayers of a righteous man availeth much, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I believe that's what the Lord, uh, you know, sort of uses that scripture with scripture. He's going to do something about when the righteous pray. Um, it's not when they're in right standings with the Lord and you're living as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, and you're not being conformed to this world and, you know, allowing their thinking to get upon you. You'll know what God desires. You'll know what he wants out of your life. And it won't just be what you say, but it's going to be what you live. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to praying, he's going to do something about it. You know. There you go. So. Amen. Very good. Yes. Very good. Anybody else? I guess the words that stand out to me, um, it's interesting to have the word sacrifice and abomination in the same (laughs) sentence there. Because, you know, we give a lot of creed to sacrifice. And then he has the word wicked and upright. Um, So I think it's all about the heart. Um, Just because the wicked is making a sacrifice, it may look good on the outside to someone, you know, oh, they're, they're making a sacrifice. That's, sacrifice is always good. But if it's coming out of a wicked heart, that's an abomination unto the Lord. It's something he hates, basically, is what that says. Uh, And so it doesn't say the sacrifice of the upright. It says the prayer of the upright is his delight. So sacrifice seems like such a big thing, and, and it is. And compared to prayer, it may not, you know, may look, make prayer look just like something small, but sacrifice is something great. But even if, that's the case prayer is his delight if it comes out of a heart that's upright Mm. so i just thought that was interesting that sacrifice and abomination are in the same sentence but i believe that's why i mean that's what i see anyway Mm -hmm. is a matter of the heart very good got some good thoughts on these scriptures here tonight uh let me give some of the uh, key words here Um, sacrifice well first of all when you look at this scripture what I see here and and it ties in with what we've heard here on some thoughts very very good thoughts Uh, but what I see is first portion of this verse is what God is displeased with and the second portion is what he is delighted in so it shows what he hates or what he despises, and then it shows what he loves or he delights in. So when you look at the word sacrifice, there's several things that it has a connection with. Sacrifice of the wicked, uh, that sacrifice is sacrifices of strife, sacrifices to dead things, the covenant of sacrifice, but then it goes into some that can be good things in the Old Testament, the 
sacrifice of the Passover. Okay, so you were making a sacrifice before God of the Passover. The Jews would do that. An annual sacrifice at the time of the atonement. A thank offering that they would offer up before God. And it also says sacrifices of righteousness. Sacrifices of righteousness. Now, when you take all those sacrifices, and it could be even more than that, the sacrifice of the wicked. To me, wicked, of course, wicked is hostile to God, against God and man, is what it says, as, a, as wicked. So, it looks to me like it's not considering God and it's not considering any other man. It's considering self. Self. Self-interest. Now, my thought on this, when I was writing this down, and it connects with these thoughts here tonight, uh, putting on a deceiving front to look spiritual when it's mixed with rebellion or ungodliness. There's, there's a lot of times people will put on they might, they might not live for God any at all all week or all month or even all year they might not even have a relationship with God but when it comes to someone speaking up and saying hey I, I want to sacrifice this for God out of a wicked heart against God and against man it's an abomination unto God. What does abomination mean? It means he's disgusted with it. It means he hates it. That is a strong word, very strong word. Uh, Brother Luke said it. it's, it's a very, very strong word. But it's something he's disgusted with. If we bring our sacrifices before the Lord and, and we're hostile against God, what that means to me is we could be hostile to the truth of the word of God. And, but we're putting on a front that we are so spiritual. That's not pleasing to God. It's disgusting to God. And, but then when you go on and you begin to look at the things that he delights in, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. Prayer to me, and sacrifices are very important for our lives out of a good heart out of a righteous heart not I, I believe that everything every example that the Lord showed us had to do with when he walked on the earth he had every probably right to be able to as God in flesh to be able to say it's all about me but here's the thing I know that he made us for himself he's our creator but he provided a word for us because he wants someone to love him because not because they're forced to love him he didn't create us as robots mindless robots he gave us a will he gave us a desire to make our own decisions but he wants us to love him because we love him out of our own heart not because we're forced to he doesn't force us to do that he didn't force us to live for him. But the prayer to me is not selfish. 
I do know that we could pray as a sacrifice out of a wrong heart and it would not be pleasing to God it would be disgusting to God but when our heart is right and we do it out of a good heart sacrifice and prayer out of a good heart with good motives that is a delight to God the upright that word here means straight correct and right straight correct and right and it's not about just not just prayer just to be praying but prayer from the upright anybody can pray but the prayer of the upright is a delight to God when you pray and and it's not a selfish prayer and it's not it's not a prayer that just is all about us prayer for others it's prayer for the kingdom of God it's prayer you know that is a delight to God he's very pleased with that it's straight correct and right before him but when we look at the word delight it means pleasure it pleasures God if we want to please God and pleasure him pray pray with an upright heart before him not a selfish heart it also means favor we find favor with God with an upright to the upright that pray in a in the right with the right motives it means goodwill it means acceptance it means will also he accepts those prayers from the upright he, he delights in them Okay, let's go on to the next verse, verse 9. Uh, the way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord, but he loveth him that followeth after righteousness. The way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord, but he loveth him that followeth after righteousness. Now on this verse, I'm going to give the meaning of these key words here, and then we'll get your thoughts. The way of the wicked. Okay, the way, what is that? It's the journey of life. It's the moral character of a person. The way. You can choose certain ways, but the way that we choose makes up, makes up the journey of our life and makes up our moral character. The way, the journey of life. The wicked, of course, again, hostile to God, against God and man. An abomination, disgusting thing. So the journey of life of the wicked, or the moral character of the wicked, is an abomination or disgusting thing to God. The way people choose to go, we could choose a lot of different directions. But if we choose to go the direction toward the Lord, He's not disgusted with that. We can choose any way. It's our desire, our will to choose whatever way we want to choose. But the ways of the wicked tend to go toward sin, tend to go toward ungodly things, the world's thinking, not God's thinking. It's disobedience to God's word. But it goes on and says, but he loveth him that followeth 
after righteousness. Now followeth means to be behind, to follow after, to pursue. In other words, pursuing righteousness. It even says run after. He loveth him that runs after righteousness. And righteousness make, means ethically right of God's attribute. Eth ethically right of God's attribute. Now maybe I interpreted a little bit too much there. What, what do you think? What do you feel about that verse? The way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord, but he loveth him that followeth after righteousness. Jen? Sister Juan? Sister Darlene? What's that? <laughs> Sister Debbie? Yeah. Okay, I think okay. that it's, there's, it's just funny how it doesn't mention that he doesn't love um, the wicked, that it's just the way of the wicked yeah. is the abomination. That's, um, that's something that I notice. Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of implies that it's just like nudging people to follow after righteousness. Like, I love you regardless. I don't love mm -hmm. this way. Mm -hmm. um, so the second part just seems to me like him implying like a father to his children. Mm -hmm. We need to get after righteousness. Mm -hmm. so that's just something I noticed. That's good, yes. Yeah, um, he loves the, the saying, he loves the sinner but not the sin. It's mm. good. Anybody else? Um, <clears throat> just in a couple thoughts I had on the last couple scriptures. Um, on, in verse 7 where it says that the lips of the wise disperse knowledge. Um, but the heart of the foolish doeth not so. I think that word doeth kind of could also be interpreted that um, that they, they're not taking those wise words to heart. Mm -hmm. So in their actions, um, the foolish are not doing that which, you know, that that those words that, that are being given to them as advice. Um, but then after that in verse 8, the sacrifice of the wicked is, is an abomination to the Lord. I also had that visual in my head of uh, um, of uh, what's <laughs> what was the reference Luke had mentioned um, Cain and Abel sorry I couldn't think of their names mm -hmm. um, it's not to say that that sacrifice wasn't hard work um, to or, or work wasn't put in to create that sacrifice but it wasn't the way that God intended the sacrifice mm -hmm. to be done so it, it essentially was selfishness um, because they were uh, doing it their own way. Um, and, then, and then that word delight, you know, I think when I think of that, um, the prayer of the upright, the ones who are doing it the correct way, the communication between you and God is a joy to God. Um, it's, a, 
it, it brings him pleasure uh, to have a conversation with someone who's also following their commandments. And then I think that just rolls right into verse 9 where it says that the way of the wicked is an abomination of the Lord, um, but he loveth him that followeth after righteousness. Him that, uh, the one that that does the things that are required of us, the things that God's asked us to do, um, that's that's what you know that's what God loves whenever he can have a conversation I think we've all probably been there where um, we have a conversation with someone that we don't really care for that much we don't really they don't ever listen to us they never heed our advice um, they seem to ignore us every time we talk to them trying to have a conversation and love someone like that is tough I mean it's it's difficult and um, I, I just think that all these scriptures are kind of leading down that pathway of, of there is a way that God has set before us that he, um, you know, wants us to follow a pathway. He wants us to go down. And if we're doing sacrifices that are not right, that are not according to his word, if we are um, not heeding words of knowledge that were given, um, all of those things that like Katie had said, you know, we're, we're walking down a pathway that's wicked. Um, and not to say that God doesn't love us, but he doesn't have pleasure. He doesn't have um, kind of that joy or delight in communicating with us um, because we're so far distant from what he has designed for us to be. That's good. Very good. Some good thoughts. The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but he loveth him that followeth after righteousness. And you know, when you look at the word of God, there's there's been times that each one of us have thought, um, God, why do you want us to do it that way? And sometimes, you know, we, we might think, well, if we do it this way, it would be better. But why do you want to do it that way? I don't understand that way. Well, if we do it the way God wants it done, whether we agree with it or not, I have found in my life, and you have found in your life, I'm sure too, that if we do it God's way, it works out. If we do it our way, it doesn't work out. But there's a lot of time. That's the reason why we have so many different religions in our world. I've got a book full of religions <laughs> because people are trying to do it their way. This, I think this is a better way. no. The word of God way is God's way and it's the best way. Whether we understand it or we agree with it or not, once you do it the way God wants it done, you're going to see, wow, that is the right way. And then you're going to agree with it. It's just a matter of obedience, obedience to the word of God in all things. The Bible is such a powerful book. <laughs> Our ways, my ways is going to get me in trouble. But his ways is going to preserve some things because he, he understands what's up ahead. He knows what the future holds and that's the reason why he, he wrote the pages in the book, the Bible. He inspired men of God to write it. And he is the author. But he's not the author and the finisher. He's the author and finisher of our faith but he's not the author of confusion. He is the author. And what's happening here tonight, I'm, I'm hearing scriptures tie in with these scriptures as we're talking here too. And that's good. That's The Bible from Genesis to Revelation fits. 
fits together and when it really comes down to it it's common sense the Bible really does make sense when it's done his way uh, verse 10 verse 10 correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way and he that hateth reproof shall die and he that hateth reproof shall die what do you think about that scripture very interesting scripture here correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way and he that hateth reproof shall die pretty strong words yes Timothy Um, I thought a lot about the scripture we read last week um, where it kind of talks about reproof um, in verse 5 where it says a fool despises, despiseth his father's instruction and he that regardeth reproof is prudent or wise. Um, and so in, in kind of reference to that, this scripture, correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way and he that hateth reproof shall die um, it reminded me and maybe kind of the um, the reference to the father in the in verse 5 and reproof um, kind of reminds me of a, a time in my life uh, where I was probably at a bit of a crossroads spiritually um, where I could have could have gone down a pathway that would have led to destruction in my life spiritual uh, death in my life um, and I remember that in that time uh, I was receiving a lot of you know instruction from you as a father but also as a pastor and um, and it was kind of at that point where you know as it talks about here that correction it's grievous unto him that's that forsakes the way um, I wasn't completely, I hadn't completely forsaken the way, but I was probably kind of edging back and forth on, you know, where I would go in life spiritually. And, and I think it was hard to take that correction. It was hard to take that advice to do this and not do this. Don't go down this pathway. You kind of giving me safeguards and saying that, you know, if you um, involve yourself in this, that it's going to hurt you eventually or it could it could hurt you down the road and then when I look at it in hindsight 2020 uh, it, it, um, it really it, it reveals to me that the pathway that I was that I could have potentially gone down was a pathway of destruction and I see that because uh, a lot of friends of mine a lot of people I used to hang out with uh, have gone down a pathway of spiritual death uh, no longer spiritually strong completely really almost dead spiritually and and I, I just I'm thankful that um, that I didn't hate I mean I, I, I didn't like the reproof but I didn't abandon the reproof completely and I didn't ignore it and kind of do my own thing because as it says here that he that hateth reproof shall die 
And I, I just think that, um, yes, it can be grievous, especially when your mind is somewhere else. And it, it can be tough to want to go down the right pathway when you're hearing that reproof. But um, just a word of wisdom to those that may be in that same position that pastor knows best, father knows best, <laughs> however you want to say it. Um, but truly, listening to that wise counsel in my life, and it wasn't just pastor, but a lot of different spiritual leaders in my life, um, has helped me get to where I'm at now, a, a much healthier spiritual place. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's good. Anybody else? Yes. Luke? See, we're in verse 10 here. I, I had something to say here in verse 9. We're talking about scripture, sort of interpreting scripture. That's mm -hmm. sort of how I interpret scripture. But it says, The way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord. I think about the way, you know, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. But there is a way, you know, um, that seemeth right unto the wicked, you know what I mean? But we do know. The Bible says narrow is the way that leadeth to the life, you know, but broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. I believe the reason it's abomination to the Lord because he knows that wide path leads to the lake of fire and a place that he's not yeah. trying to lead his people. He's trying to lead us to the place he has prepared, mm -hmm. um, you know, where you don't have to work for a living and pay taxes and all that good stuff. You just got to wake up and... <laughs> do whatever you do in heaven that's better than vacation so but and then we move on um but he loveth him that followeth after righteousness um the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the lord and he delighteth in his way and i believe you know if he loveth the way because he knows that you're going in the way that he has prepared that leadeth to life um this last one here I'll try to say something to that one uh, correction I guess you know is never fun you know um, you see you know our generation that don't get corrected a whole lot they're very unruly you know and my generation when I was raised up you know uh, the, the board of education was um, applied to the seat of correction <laughs> put the fear in you uh, no, but um, I believe it also goes with chastening. You know, mm -hmm. he that goeth without chastening is not a good word, you know, um, not a son, you know, but who the Lord loveth, he chastens in a way that corrects and mm -hmm. tries to keep him in the right way, steer him clear. So, um, um, I don't know. Sometimes you just got to endure the things that you don't like because the Lord knows best, and, um, you know, he, you know, one thing he can't do is fail, so, and if he's correcting us and telling us stuff to do, I mean, obviously, he's got a reason for it, you know, his ways are above ours, so, mm -hmm. sometimes we ain't gonna know for a while. Amen, amen, you know, and I, I know if, if you love somebody, and they're going on down a way that is going to be destruction, you hate that way because you know it's going to destroy someone that you love dearly. Yes, Sister Burke. Um, 
these last two scriptures, I think it's interesting that he went from talking all about the words that we say and either hearing them or disregarding them and it's the ways of the wise and the foolish. And now he's moving it into a point of action, what you do with this. Um, you were saying that the way is our journey. It's our character. It's what we do. It's the action that we put behind what we've heard. So correction is not fun. I don't like it at all. Uh, but that's the point where you put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. We can say a lot of things. We can even be agreeable. Uh, but then turning around and doing them is another thing. So I just thought it was interesting that he went from, are you hearing the words? Are you obeying the words? And now what are you going to do about what you've heard? And he uh, starts talking about, you know, I mean, this gets down to where it really shows what is in our heart is the actions that we take uh, with the correction that we have been given. And uh, it's easy to say, I agree, but it's another thing to do it. So, anyway. Very good. Very good. Good thoughts. Yes. Okay, my mind keeps going back to the children of Israel and um, when they were led out and into the wilderness, um, they were so concerned with everything going on around them that God caused them to wander for 40 years and basically a whole generation died so sorry I'm nervous anyway so correction I'm shutting down here you go <laughs> no it's good I had so many Yes, that's very good. Yes. How Moses led them across the Red Sea, and from what I remember from Bible class when I was young, correct me if I'm wrong, but that Moses led them through the Red Sea, and after that what I remember is he's going to strike, God told him to strike a stone for water. Well, instead of striking it, he tapped it. I might be backwards on that, and that was not God's will. So God plagued them. And I believe it was with snake bites. I might be wrong on that. I, I do know he told them to tap it, but he hit it out mm -hmm. of anger. And that's just what I get from that is not doing what the father tells you. I know as me being as a child, my dad told me to do something. I didn't always do it the way he wanted to. I usually ended up paying the price. Mm -hmm. So God wants us to follow it his way his way only not our version of his way mm -hmm. and if we do it his way it's going to be right yes it's going to be right um, like my dad's. <laughs> yes yes go ahead I keep thinking back to real life with fathers and kids previous to this generation like someone behind me said it was different growing up was it you Luke <laughs> um So we had a lot of correction. When there's five of us getting into trouble, there's a lot of trouble. <laughs> what one doesn't think of, another one does. <laughs> um, 
And when we didn't do it, and on a farm, Dad would give us chores to do, and he'd go to work, and then if they weren't done when he got home, uh, yeah, uh, the battle came out. And I can remember Dad switching us the whole time we were doing chores. But the ones that got up and apologized and ran out, like we weren't allowed to have supper before chores were done. The animals were fed first. And if we apologized sincerely and told Dad we got sidetracked, whatever, he was always more lenient. But the ones that were like, I didn't like doing that, I don't want to do it. Like, yeah, the, it was severe correction. But also, he that hateth reproof shall die. I watched my friends turn resentful and angry towards their parents with reproof, and it ended up breaking their relationship with their parents in their teen years. Mm -hmm. Instead of allowing your parents to have that reproof, my dad was a firm man. He was very fair and very loving, but he was very firm, and if he said it, it better be. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and and when you're, it could be easy to be resentful and angry at that, and then that kills that relationship between you and your father. But if you if you back off and allow that reproof to happen to make you better, I don't know how to. I'm not making sense. I know what I mean. I mean, that, and then that resentment doesn't grow, and that anger doesn't grow, and you stay in honor towards your parents, and you stay with respect towards them. And then that relationship holds together. And I think it's the same way with God. We can very easily become angry and resentful when he says to do something and we don't want to do it and we want to go our own way. And then we end up with the results. It's not that God strikes lightning at us. We end up with the results of what we've done. Mm -hmm. And then we want to blame God and be angry at him and we lose our respect for him. We lose our honor for him. We lose our fear for him. And then there sure is death. Not just physical death, but we lose our relationship with him. And isn't that what he meant death to be? Mm. Isn't that what death really is? Mm -hmm. That's what happened to Adam and Eve. Right. There's no more relationship. Mm -hmm. yep. So I, did that make sense? It did. Okay. Absolutely. Very good. Very good. A lot of good thoughts here. Let me read that scripture again. I'll give some key words here. Correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way and he that hateth reproof shall die um, the way in this scripture is way of living path of life but I believe that that way has been laid out of direction through God's word he's showed us the way but if we don't walk in that way we're going to find that we're going to God will correct us to try to get us on the right path but sometimes correction is very very hard to take correction in this scripture is discipline and instruction grievous uh, means disagreeable and unpleasant so correction is grievous or correction is disagreeable and unpleasant against what we want to do if it's against, let me put it this way, if, if it's against what we want to do, we don't like it. I don't like getting up out of bed and turning the alarm off and going and trying to fix some coffee and trying to get myself awake. And, and I don't like that, having to go to work every day. 
I mean, the flesh doesn't want to do that. It's the same thing with if if there's correction in telling us, um, you know, to not sin. The flesh doesn't like that. I didn't like the belt of education. That's what I got, <laughs> or the switch of education on the uh, on the seat. I did. I didn't like that. I didn't like it at all. Matter of fact, when I knew I did wrong and my mom said, or my dad said, go in the bedroom, then I knew that the education was going to take place in the bedroom and I knew exactly what was going to happen and they were very consistent with it. Now, they were consistent with discipline. I didn't like it at the time, but today when I think about that, I'm thankful that they did it. Now, and here's one reason why I'm thankful is because it's taught me how in my life's journey to discipline myself. It's taught me that. Now, sometimes that doesn't work with some, but with me it, and with you, it, it's taught you that. And I'm thankful for it. I didn't like it at the time, but I'm thankful that they were consistent with, it, with discipline and that they didn't once a day say okay you do you don't do this and the next day or next week oh you can do that well that's confusion it, it's confusion but they taught me the right things and and they taught me to discipline myself so grievous is disagreeable and unpleasant correction is disagreeable it's unpleasant unto him that forsaketh or forsaketh means to depart from, to leave behind, to leave, to let alone the way. So to, the, to those that forsake the way, the correction is very disagreeable and unpleasant to them. It's not pleasant. It's not fun. But if we really want to walk the right way, we will endure it and try to walk the right direction. Um, it's important for us to accept correction endure instruction pride keeps us from that we think we might know more than the than someone that is trying to that's got the wisdom and knowledge to teach us the right way we might think uh, my parents you know I, I got to a point like probably many of the teenagers ever got to that that you thought you knew, and I thought I knew more than my parents did. There was a transition I went through. But I finally found out that I didn't know more than what they knew. They knew a whole lot more than I did. And then when I became a parent, things, a lot of things, understanding came, wisdom came, understanding these things. Uh, the way, of course, is the way of living, path of life. The Bible does say the word of God is a lamp unto our feet unto my feet and a light unto my pathway that way if we forsake the word of God as a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway uh, then correction is going to be grievous to us we're not going to like it and we don't want it and we're going to refuse it that's what it gets to we'll refuse it uh, and then it goes on and says they, uh, and he that hateth reproof shall die hateth is an enemy to reproof an enemy to instruction, an enemy to correction. They become an enemy to that. 
and reproof is rebuke and correction. Sometimes I need the word of God to rebuke me if I'm doing wrong. I need it to correct me if I'm doing wrong, to give me direction so I can live right. I thank the Lord for preaching and I thank the Lord for teaching and I thank the Lord for the times that I'm able to just take the Bible and read it and digest it and understand it because I, I it, like you do we open our hearts up to receive that correction of the word of God and sometimes it steps on our toes and it's pretty tough to deal with but if we say okay God if this is what you want me to do then this is what I'm going to do and then things in life begin to smooth out things go much better reproof, rebuke, correction um, and he that hateth reproof shall die he that hateth rebuke and, re and correction shall die. And this meaning says to die prematurely. That's interesting, to die prematurely. Where we could be living if we follow the ways of God's word and live by those, we're not going to die prematurely. We're going to live a full, flourishing life, fruitful life. Amen. Wow. It seems like there's a lot of wonderful, wonderful thoughts here tonight. Well, I mean, we heard a lot of good thoughts. Digging, the, we're just digging the Word of God out. Bible scholars here and landmark, and uh, don't you feel, don't you feel refreshed? Don't you feel good that the Word of the Lord has taught us some things here tonight? Thank, thank you for the thoughts and and input into this. There's powerful things in the Word of God and the Book of Proverbs. A lot of times is teaching the younger but also is teaching the elders too uh, when I heard Sister Lonnie talking about her dad that he was he was very firm but he was very uh, he, was, he was just in it he was very caring his heart was right in this but he was very firm in what his correction was and really that's what God is you know, God God cares about the way that we go, because He knows if we go the wrong direction, we're going to be we're going to die prematurely. We're going to be destroyed. Our family's going to be destroyed. Our life is not going to be as blessed and fruitful as it could be. But if we live by the Word of God, things will go right. Not perfect. I mean, we still have to sometimes pick ourselves up off the the ground get ourselves back together and keep going but as long as we continue to go toward the word of God sometimes we might fail but we got to keep on going toward God as long as we're going toward God and through his word and obedience to his word we're going to be alright it's going to be okay amen amen God bless you let's stand we appreciate you coming tonight and uh, we pray that you'll have a wonderful Christmas holiday together with your family or friends and uh we just want to pray a blessing upon you and also protection. I do know that there's some that are traveling and uh, out of state and going various places. But let's just pray for them also. Can we do that tonight? Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for the word.